Well, welcome to Gay Homework. I'm your host, Brick Olson, and this is my first guest for my first episode, Jermaine Jagger. Hi, everyone. Well, it's Jermaine, like Jermaine Jackson, so that's with a J and an E at the end. And Jagger, like Bianca Jagger. I'm sure everyone should be familiar with her. If not, <laughs> we're going to do, we'll do an episode on <laughs> her. <laughs> Um, so this is Gay Homework, and this is a show where we discuss uh, people that have made their way into the LGBTQIA zeitgeist and are important fixtures that uh, sometimes have gone unknown for a while or fallen out of fashion or whatever. It's to educate everyone, but it's also to educate ourselves because there are a lot of people that I don't know about at all and I'm curious to learn and always want to know more. All right, so let's get started. Um, Jermaine. Who did you choose to profile in our first episode of Gay Homework? I chose Lady Miss Keir as my person to profile. Born Kieran Magenta Kirby. Magenta. Magenta. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I wonder where her parents got magenta from. If I don't it's from. Yeah, but they're hippies. I bet they're totally fun hippies. Are they just like really into Rocky Horror Picture Show? When, when was she born? I think she was 1963. Okay, that was way before Rocky. Yeah, they're probably just like really cool goddess and like moon <laughs> goddess people with like rocks and stuff. You know, like magenta. Where was uh, Miss Keir born and where did she live? Well, as far as I know, she was born in Youngstown, Ohio. But I believe her family was like moved around a lot and she was raised in like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She spent time in Virginia Beach where she attended high school and also Washington, D.C. But I feel like the most important part is that she moved to New York City. How old was she when she did that? She was 19, so still young and fresh on the scene during that period of New York City. Yeah, and that was when? When what time period was I believe the... it was like the early 80s. Cool. Yeah, things were still popping. Do you know when she started, when she got in with Delight, like when that happened? Um, as far as I know, she was a go-go dancer, and she was bartending and doing all that type of life, and Same. she met <laughs> she met DJ Dimitri, and they started Delight together, and then, you know, they brought in other people, such as Toba Tay, I think I pronounced his name right, I never heard it pronounced, but it is Japanese, and just started this amazing group around it that just but off worldwide. So when did you first discover her? I discovered her when I was probably in middle school. Um, I was probably watching MTV as I did back then, and I'm like, who is she? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the first video I saw was Groove is in the Heart, which I'm pretty sure everyone is familiar with. Um, and it was just like such vibrant, crazy energy. And the looks and the video and the mixture of like funk, house, and disco was really important to me. Like even at that young age, I was like super into music. So it's just like, who are you? Who are you? It made me really want to move to New York City, even though I was obsessed with New York City already yeah. because of, like Andy Warhol and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it just made me like want it even more because I'm just like, I need to be around those people. <laughs> 
like, I feel like I said snail mail, but also email, which was different at that time. It was like straight up AOL, like welcome. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I emailed because I had one of their CDs and it said D-Light Fan Club or something. And I was like, oh my God, where did she get her shoes? Cause this was around the time which they oh did. Oh my God. You asked like, where did you yeah. get your shoes? Um, They did two drops in the garden. And I Love was that album. obsessed with that album and obsessed with the looks. Cause it was like super raver, but yet like polished and like just street and cool as fuck. So it was like, what's going on? And I will never forget. She had these like stacked Adidas superstars, you know, Shelto Adidas. I was like, Adidas don't make those. What is that? So then I emailed or I snail mailed. I don't remember. Um, someone at the fan club and actually told me, cause even back then, I guess Boris on St. Mark's, which people Boris. in New York are familiar with. Yeah. They told me that she gets some stacked um, St. Mark's and they're like custom. I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. I want that. But yeah, like I joined the fan club. They said, well, it was sad because it was when the fan club was ending also. So they sent me like all these newsletters and pamphlets and I was just like obsessed. And I wore my little um, D-Light t-shirt that I had bought through them also like almost every day to school. It was just the whole aesthetic of D-Light, the positivity, the beauty, the like fun, so great. Like they've done so many awesome anthems, even about the earth, about safe sex, about being yourself. About voting. Voting. It's just, they encompass everything that, I don't know, I feel like there's a positive aspect of living. So how would you describe Kier's style or like look? Well, the coolest thing about her is that even though they only had three albums, technically, it's the evolution of it. Like when they first came out with World Click, it was very much uh, like funky go-go dancer meets disco meets runway because you know she was like in Tara Mugler back then too and like Gaultier, but it was just like- She was modeling for them? She was, they were, it was interesting because once they caught on, they started actually like forming at runway shows. Like they definitely did a performance on a Mugler runway show. You can find that on YouTube. But I'm not sure if she models for Gaultier, but also those designers back then, especially in New York, even though they were like French designers, were like, oh my God, you know, the thing, you know? So it was really cool to see them have that. But then it's interesting because once it came around to the second album, it was very much a more polished, it also kind of looked Parisian look. Like she'll wear like the little berets with the little striped skirts and stuff. And it was like really cool. It was like interesting to see like an evolution, even with like an artist such as her. I don't know, she's not like a Diana Ross or she's not like a, it's like she's a mini diva. Like she's a diva, but she's like an underground diva. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like really interesting to see like that type of artist like also evolve. Cause I feel like that's really important for artists to do. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you are in the spotlight, otherwise people get bored. So yeah. So then like the third album, it's the whole party got like really like street and underground and raver. And it was so good. Cause it was just like, you know, when they first started out, they were very like 
underground, but it got blown to like hugedom and stardom and then um, runway and stuff, which was super cool. But then all of a sudden the third album came around, they're like, no, we're going back underground to the raves and this is where we are and this is New York City. And it was really cool seeing that happen. Because with the second album, it's like they were worldwide, which is their thing. World click, duh, the world coming together. But it's like, you know, they blew up into stardom and, you know, was flying around. And then it came back to New York City with Two Drops in the Garden, which is really cool. Oh, I love that album. It's so good. <laughs> um, I know, it bears repeating. Has they, she ever done any solo projects? It's interesting because after Two Drops in the Garden, she was supposed to actually release a solo project. And I'll never forget this because when I was in a fan club, they told me, I was like, what's going to happen next? And I don't know. I don't even know how they told me. Maybe I found it in one of the newsletters. But she, at the time they ended, um, was actually working on a project. And it was supposed to be jungle influence, like drum and bass, because she was really into that at the time. Yeah, totally. It was like really popping during that period. And she was working with even some jungle producers, but unfortunately it never got released. And I heard, don't quote me on this, but I heard that one of the reasons it never got released was because she was still under contract with the record label and she couldn't even release a solo project under her name. So that pretty much put that at a standstill. Wow. So it's really awesome that she took that step, but it's really unfortunate that because of like legal agreements and stuff, it didn't go as far as it should have. But she also worked with like Bootsy, who's been friends with them since the very beginning. Like there are some songs out there that he recruited her to sing on. Like she's on backup on some like funkadelic moments. So, and she's DJing still to this day. So it's really cool. She's doing her thing. That's great. I want to talk a little bit about Groove is in the Heart. That song has gone everywhere. But it's interesting because if you just hear that song and then you want to, who is this by? And then like one of the first people you'll hear is Lady Miss Keir after you hear Delight. Mm -hmm. Because she had such a like hand in the gay community. Go-go dancing, doing shows at like gay bars and stuff like that with the group. Even, yeah. you know, once they became famous, they were still- Performing at Wigstock, right? Yeah. Wigstock was amazing. Like, I will never forget as a kid, watching Wigstock on fucking Cinemax late at night and seeing Lady Muskeer performing on that stage with all those amazing drag queens like Lady Bunny and Formica and just like, it was so interesting because this was during Two Drops in the Garden, so she had a completely different look, but it was still fun. Like she had on like an Adidas crop track jacket, and then she had on these like, this, right? <laughs> this like baby blue Adidas track pencil skirt that yeah. I've never seen before. I'm like, do you just have like custom Adidas everything? I fucking love you. <laughs> so it was just like very like street and cool, but it was very like still polished and like, it's a fucking pencil skirt. Like Adidas lines down the side. How is this possible? Yeah, like she adores drag queens. Like, you know, from her beginning in New York City, she's been surrounded by them. Cool. That's so cool. All right, that's it for our first episode of Gay Homework. Thanks yeah. so much. Research Lady Miss Care. Yeah. It's all online. Do it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.